In Alice in Wonderland, Lewis Carroll created an epic female character. I've always loved her, and I admire that through her misadventures, she recognizes that very few things are really impossible. Hello, and welcome to Six Impossible Things. I am your host, Matt Collage, and I'd like to introduce you to my humble approach to understanding your creative potential. Every Tuesday, I will share with you thoughts, strategies, and a few anecdotes from my own experience as a creative. We will tread on the heels of Alice into a world of ingenuity and imagination. I hope you'll find inspiration to be creative in your own unique way. It will be a boost to your life in many different aspects, not only in art making. So there's always room at the table. Let's put the kettle on and get this party started. Hello again. I am impatiently looking forward to this episode, but I'm joking. What is true is that I am a work in progress in many, many ways. But when it comes to patience, I am a true beginner. Waiting has always been so very challenging for me. I like things to happen quickly, and I like to be onto the next thing before your tea gets cold. Alice seems to be of the same mind as me. She strikes me as a very impatient child. And I am still a very impatient person, so I completely get it. What has changed is that I don't always see it as a shortcoming anymore. I used to. I was reprimanded so many times for it that I was convinced that it was something shameful, something that I needed to correct with urgency. Actually, I am friends with my impatience. It drives me to act and, and it makes me goal-oriented. I'd say that it puts me smack in the middle of the process and, and for that, I'm grateful. If I can get started yesterday rather than today, I will. Sometimes the only impediments are my tendency to be rather disorganized and the physical pain. Pain has become quite a hurdle. But despite age, pain, and disorganization, most of the times I manage to dive right into things. There are advantages and disadvantages to this method. Let's see what they are. I found in conversation with other creative people that jumping headfirst seems to be something we have in common. There's much to be said for testing the water again and again, but most of the creative people I know tend to jump right in. Sometimes I wish I knew how to take my time, if only because being patient, and now I realize this, requires courage. We often talk about the brain here, which is a most fascinating organ, and we talk about it because we need it as an ally throughout the creative journey. Let's not leave it up to the brain to lead us down the path of least resistance, or worse, to tell us that we can't do this or that. Brains second guess as a matter of survival. 
but we're just trying to get creative. We're not in actual danger. Did you know that there is something called negative bias embedded in the brain? So perhaps don't believe everything you think. My brain in particular has lied to me many, many times. It's tried to trick me and it has minimized lots of very positive experiences I've had. It happens to the best of brains. The beautiful thing about creativity is that when you pause after a creative session of any kind, when you take a break from your favorite activity, your brain continues to consider its options. I am sure everyone is familiar with the inability to turn the brain off. Sometimes it's a work-related issue or worry. Sometimes it's a family issue. Unconsciously, your brain continues to look for the exits even though you're doing something else. It's looking for answers to a problem yet to be solved. But back on the topic of waiting patiently for things to develop. Imagine a beautiful peony. It's one of my favorite plants. They grow vigorously year after year, and it's very exciting to look for those curly red shoots in early spring. They are the promise of something spectacular. But what happens next? Well, in my area, we can look forward to weeks and weeks and weeks of foliage and little else. These are fairly large shrubs, and although the leaves are great, don't get me wrong, what everyone is expecting is the massive flowers with their intoxicating scent. They look so decadent and elegant, they're beautiful, and it's truly, truly hard to wait. When the blossoms finally appear, they are so tightly pressed into a tiny, tiny ball, and they stay like that forever. This plant really teases gardeners, but suddenly you walk outside one day and they are everywhere. They're ruffled and open, welcoming the sun. Did it happen overnight? Not really. You have to remember that without the previous weeks of apparent inactivity, we wouldn't have these amazing flowers. Yes, all of it was leading to this moment. And here it is. We just misunderstood the process. We were so focused on the end result. I have realized that part of being impatient is wanting to know what is around the corner because I feel discomfort about not knowing for sure. I don't know if you feel the same way. It almost could be said that it comes with the territory for highly imaginative people. That is what separates a creative thinker from someone with a more analytical mind. For a creative, the path is full of surprises, full of booby traps. For a methodical, rational individual, the path has no blind spots and no unexpected turns, to a degree, of course. But they have planned and looked it over so many times that the path looks pretty straightforward to them. We could argue that creativity would be so boring without uncertainty, but in truth, it also makes the whole experience a bit shaky and unsettling. That is the dilemma. 
That is also when you realize that you need to surrender to inspiration or the lack of it sometimes. It's okay not to be holding the steering wheel the whole time, and I white knuckle that steering wheel. In creative activities, a little chaos can go a long way, and it can even be helpful. I guess that the key is being patient without worry. Still quite unattainable for me, but I keep trying. So, thinking about Alice for a moment, once again, she's standing in front of a door. It is an image that repeats throughout the book. In this case, the Duchess's house is a mystery to her, and she wants to know what all those noises and sneezes are about. But instead of barging in, she waits and she observes. Last time she was curious, she ran and fell through a hole in the ground. So clearly, she's learned something. I didn't expect her to be so patient and cautious, but I guess she's already growing. She's maturing, and sure, she could have turned around and gone away, but her curiosity is still powerful. It is at this point when Carol presents us with the eternal push and pull of opposing forces, curiosity on one hand and caution on the other. Anyway, let's not confuse a patient observer with an idle person or an overanalyzer. These are three very distinct categories, three very distinct types of personality. The last one, the overanalyzer, is doomed in the creative world. It's doomed to eternal paralysis because over-preparing and not really doing anything other than preparing is an external sign of anxiety. And so is perfectionism. They go hand in hand. Yep, perfectionism deserves its own episode and we will get to it. What I think being patient really means is giving yourself the space to create at your own pace. Your speed might be quite different from mine for many, many reasons, and that's fine. Everyone stresses about their productivity, but it's not helpful. Once again, we're making comparisons and we've already established that their usefulness is zero. As I have stated before, the best way of developing patience is to do something. The only way to develop skills is practice. The planning stage of any project is a small part of it, but the real test is in the doing, in the making. As you make something and you engage, you learn, you adapt, you change your initial plan. You set up a loop in which every step forward feeds new information to your brain, and then you make some changes based on that info. It's automatic, and you don't really notice what you're doing after a while. Activity is such a fundamental part of the creative process because you're thinking and making concurrently. You can't really have one without the other. If this baffles you now, well, 
Be patient. Soon you'll understand how for creatives, work is always in a state of change and flux. You can't get away from it. I have a small suggestion if you need to practice patience and perseverance. It's really easy and inexpensive. It will also give you quite a sense of accomplishment that will fortify your ability to persist. Get yourself a small, say, 8 by 10 pad of watercolor paper. The sturdier the pages, the better. They will need to withstand the use. Now, you're probably familiar with scrapbooking. We all have heard of scrapbooking. It's become very, very popular in the last few years. But not the shiny, homogeneous kind of scrapbooking we see today. Much of the uniqueness of this practice has been taken away by ready-made stamps and decals and pre-made fillers and stickers. Every scrapbook ends up looking practically identical. What I'm talking about is something more authentic and perhaps more primitive, more in line with what an original scrapbook was meant to be. Scrapbooks were, and still are, a way of recording daily life. Anything can go into them. Photos, tickets, wrappers, notes, bits of paper, transit cards, magazine cutouts, or even napkins with interesting logos. Anything at all, whatever you have in your pockets, as long as it's made out of paper or it's flat. So go ahead and start collecting. It will soon become a habit and you will be reaching for tiny printed bits of paper you didn't notice before. Then simply compose each page. Take a glue stick and arrange your items in a chronological fashion. You can make notes on the margins if you wish. Just try to glue something down most days. Very soon, you'll be flipping through the pages and it will be like looking back in time. It's like making a time capsule. But the essential thing is that you have improved your patience by virtue of repetition. It's so simple, so immediate. Just keep doing it. That's all. Meet me here next Tuesday when we will have a lovely, lovely chat with Kylie Wiedemann, a crafter from my neck of the woods who taught herself to make amigurumi. With no previous experience, she personifies the notion of beginner's mind. This approach worked wonders for her, and she remains curious about all things crochet. Her work brings cuteness and joy into the lives of many people who own her Amigurumi creations. I find her refreshing and inspirational. She works with diligence and sincere love for the craft. She's bubbly, she's generous, and she's building a solid practice one loop of yarn at a time. The following Tuesday, in another of our regular episodes, we will talk about, from all things, cats. And not just any old cats. We will discuss the role of the Cheshire cat, 
a character in the book that seems to know something that it's not telling us. The Cheshire Cat likes riddles. It likes questions, and it keeps its cards very close to the chest. Is it leading Alice down the wrong path, or is it actually helping her? There is so much to learn from this cat, I'm sure, if only because it keeps grinning from ear to ear. The Cheshire Cat brings with it the concept of spirit guide and also the idea of intuition and following your gut. We will discuss all of it and more. Fill your teacup and let's meet again. I will be here next Tuesday. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Six Impossible Things. I hope you enjoyed it. Please join me again next week. Subscribe on your favorite app so you don't miss any episodes. And visit madcollage.com for original artwork, exclusive prints, and monthly offers. For extra goodies, please visit my Redbubble store and select your favorite merchandise. You can also help make Six Impossible Things possible with a small contribution so that I can enjoy a lovely cup of tea while I write and edit this content. Have a peaceful and creative week. Take care.